Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin and you're on Inverse and we are so happy that you are listening to our podcast or you are watching our video. We have a new setup, it's not that new, but with our headphones and our microphones and let us know what you think. Is the audio quality different, better, worse? Do you like the headphones? Do you have bigger ears, bigger head? I don't know. We'd love to hear your feedback on social media and while you're giving us feedback, we'll have our conversation here in the studio with uh, Jonathan and Siku and... Um, Israel, Ishmael. Yeah, it's Israel, Ishmael, <laughs> Isaiah. Uh, we always get mixed up with with uh, with our I names. Uh, people call me Jason, also, but my name's Justin. Uh, we're gonna have a word of and prayer. Your name starts with I. Justin clearly starts with I. We'll have a word of prayer. Uh, Jonathan, pray for so us. Confused. We need the Lord to focus. We're, we're talking about a big topic, uh, really the whole point of the Adventist Church. Mm. And uh, we don't want to address it simplistically, but we do want to simplify it with the time time restraints mm. that we have. So if you can pray for us, that would be appreciated. Sure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word, to know you better. Uh, Lord, um, we have been so blessed to look at our history mm-hmm. as a church, as a movement, and uh, Lord, we thank you that you have privileged us um, to be part of this. And we thank you that you will now also speak to us through your word, the viewers, the listeners, that uh, you will teach us what this is all about. And so we ask for your guidance, your spirit, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We are in episode 12. If you have not been following us, we want to encourage you to at inversebible.org. And you can actually download the Bible study guide under the topic of Adventist heritage. You can also go to hopetv.org slash inverse and look at previous episodes. We have about seven years worth of episodes. Can you believe it? We've been on air. They haven't canceled us yet, guys. Yay. And you can look at all the archives there and different topics. We actually covered the three angels messages in about 13 weeks and you can also catch up on Adventist heritage there and if you don't like paper and if you don't like your laptops but you love your phones you can actually download the sabbath school app if you type in your android and your apple platforms just search for sabbath school app and you'll see there's a blue icon there and you can see inverse there uh, in multiple languages too tambien and español let's go to revelation chapter 14 verse 6 through 12 Revelation 14, 6 through 12, and Siku, if you don't mind reading that for us. Sure. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Okay, Israel, the second angel. All right, we are in verse (laughs) 8. Sorry, caught you off verse 8. All right. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And then verse 9, Jonathan, the third angel. Then the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of that torment descends forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. In verse 12, I'll pick up there. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. 
this this pericope, this this section, this <coughs> passage, this vignette uh, is three angels' messages. Why is this so important? Why is this why is this the focal point of of the Adventist Church? Well, we've been talking about uh, <laughs> we've been talking about for the last uh, what 12, 12, 11 weeks, eleven yeah. weeks, how. Um, the 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 Seventh Adventist Church. One of its unique roles is its role in Bible prophecy as mm-hmm. the remnant church mm-hmm. of Bible prophecy. So within that, there's this. It's the church in context, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, it's not just the the church throughout the year. Like God has always had a people. He's always had, in essence, his own a church of people that have followed him. Mm-hmm. But the Seventh Adventist Church, through the prophecies of Revelation, we believe and Scripture, we believe that it is. The remnant church of Bible prophecy, meaning that it is in a context that takes place right before Jesus comes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the reason why this is important, it makes sense that this message is important because the 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 messages of these three angels in Revelation 14, uh, 6 through 12, is essentially, when you distill it, it is essentially the gospel in the context of the judgment, right? The, it's the gospel in the context of the judgment which takes place right now mm-hmm. as we live. And so the reason why it's important is because we need to understand more than ever before as Jesus gets ready to come mm-hmm. and as we understand what is taking place in heaven right now, more than ever before, if there is a people that needs the gospel, it is the the God's people or the church or the world just mm-hmm. before Jesus comes again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to add that, you know, the book of Revelation is written in these symbols, in symbolic language. Yep. And so when um, John is writing the book of Revelation, he doesn't fully comprehend what he's writing, mm. right? And the book is meant to be understood at a later time. Mm. And that time comes, like, we are in that time. It was a book that was written for the end of time, for, mm. for the, this time that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And so as the church is is emerging, you know, um, leading up to 1844 and then thereafter, and they are studying scripture and going back to the word and coming now to st- start understanding things that before weren't as clear um, and seeing themselves in scripture and mm. seeing the description of the experience in the Bible and seeing, you know, it, it it's by the time you get to Revelation 14, it's a description of who God's people are at that time and what mm-hmm. message that they have to bear mm. for that specific time. Mm-hmm. And so you keep saying eschatological, like this book is an eschatological mm. book, like the book of Revelation. Last days and, oriented. Right, mm. and and a last day people mm. have a message, a last day message that is actually depicted in Revelation 14, which is like the pinnacle of the book, mm-hmm. where uh, it's like the climax of, you know, in this great controversy, you've got the devil and he's, he's mounting his battle and he's pushing at, at the end of time. He's got his big agenda that he's pushing. Mm-hmm. And this outlines God's agenda at the end of time mm-hmm. to save humanity in the context of end time events. Mm-hmm. And it's God's people's message at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, I couldn't agree more. Uh, when you look at, at, the, at the structure of Revelation, chapters 12 through 14 are, are at the center of, of it all. And, mm-hmm. and that's where the focus is. And chapter 13 describes the context of the last days, especially in the very end, as the two um, dynamics clash, uh, so to say. You have Satan with his whole propaganda, his whole machinery, his whole system that he has built over thousands of years uh, in a final clash uh, against God's truth. And then Revelation 14 brings in, you know, a description of God's people, but then also 
the three angels messages, which I and I've mentioned this in our in our quarterly on the three angels messages, uh, is kind of like God's last three CPR shocks mm. uh, to to wake up a world that is dying. Mm. That, that's mm. when you need CPR. You're dying. You need CPR. And so uh, God is uh, God is through these messages trying to point people back to Him, uh, to what to, to what danger they're in. Uh, and and giving them in a way a, a last opportunity make mm-hmm. a decision for me you know uh, so like this is a this is why as seven day Adventists who we understand ourselves to be mm. uh, God's remnant people in the last days we have taken on this message to proclaim it uh, in its fullness uh, understanding that there's also an a, a, a historical a timeline in a way to it because some of these messages uh, will apply in, in their fullness not until for example it mentions the mark of the beast. We don't believe the mark of the beast is being enforced right now, but when that comes, that message will be very, very relevant mm-hmm. as a warning message. Mm-hmm. So uh, we preached all of this uh, in 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 understanding that some of this is very relevant right now, and some of it will be very relevant in the near mm-hmm. future uh, in anticipation of, of some of the final movements. It seems like Revelation uses a lot of universal terms: mm-hmm. the whole world, all the world wondered, mm-hmm. you know, to every nation, all the kings. Like it's just like all, like it's like the entire globe mm-hmm. is subsumed in this propaganda machine that you're talking about. And in the midst of that, there's this dinky little just kind of kind of just surviving through it Mm -hmm. and uh the book is essentially saying how to survive this global propaganda machine whatever that's out there and who this little lineage align remnant offspring of of god's people are and just to just to give a overview it seems that uh revelation 10 Mm. describes the experience of these people revelation 12 describes the identity of these people found in verse 17, mm. those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Uh, chapter 13, you describe it as the game plan of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And in chapter 14 is the message of what this group uh, professes in its three CPR shocks. Appreciate that. Uh, we got to be, I, I guess, we're not trying to be complicated. Uh, the Bible isn't being trying to be complicated, but it fights against the thought that, hey, we're Adventist. We just go to church on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's who we are as a people. No, no, no. Oh, we're Adventists. We are the vegetarians mm-hmm. that live longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we are Adventists. We are Adventists. We're the ones that you know. What else are we also known for? Uh, um, those are the two two main things the that, that are the veggie, <laughs> yeah. the veggie erasers that we eat that are salty. Um, we're the ones that created cereal. Mm-hmm. I think these are all politi- politically correct PR washed. Uh, <laughs> All good things. Mm-hmm. We're trying to put our best foot forward to try to be uh, accepted and included on the world scheme of things. But really, at the core, what to be as a Seventh Day Adventist is more than keeping the Sabbath, more than being a vegetarian, more mm-hmm. than living seven years, more than uh, you know pathfinders and adventurers. And if you guys know what that is, yay, we love that. But but it's it's fourteen is the core of of Adventism, mm-hmm. Israel. I think. So. Oh no, I think you're looking at me like you wanted to talk. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, if 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 we can move. Uh, yeah, let's to, go. And I thought of it when when um, Jonathan was speaking, just looking at the messages themselves, because you were speaking about the relevance of each message yes. of each angel at at specific times in history. Yep. And the Advent the Advent believers. So we're talking coming out of the Millerite movement, the Advent believers who experienced the Great Disappointment. Um, when they when understanding the first angel's message where mm-hmm. it's you know a call to fear God a, re- mm-hmm. a call to return to God in true worship right yes. um, they 
bef- when when 1844 happened, at the time they didn't understand that what really they had been looking forward to and looking to was the the onset of this investigative judgment, right? Mm-hmm. But as they come to understand this, as they come to understand the sanctuary message, then the first angel's message like starts clicking even yes. more. Mm. And hot on the heels of the sanctuary message, you have the Sabbath. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 1846, mm. um, introduction of the Sabbath. And which is alluded the, to. So as they're studying yeah. this, these things are like popping out in real time. Like yeah, they're like, they yeah. present yeah. truth mm-hmm. in vivo. In vivo. It's yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so then you have in the first angel's message, you have this direct allusion to the fourth commandment, like mm. language that is taken yes. directly from the fourth commandment. That's the worship him who made the heaven, the earth, the, the sea, and which was, water. brings them water. Which yeah. in historical context was also uber important because in the same year that the great disappointment took place you know charles i was gonna say charles dickens charles darwin uh, wrote wrote <laughs> darwin, the, darwin darwin yep you know origin of species yes. which mm-hmm. now has become the prevalent understanding in the secular world of yeah. w- where we came from it's the right. anti-sabbath it is right. yeah. it is yeah yep. and so the, it is amazing that god you know in his foreknowledge told john to write this down like this is at that time yeah. this yeah. is relevance cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. cool creator and so on mm-hmm. yeah no that i mean that's what i was saying like that yeah. for the first angel's message in historically speaking like mm-hmm. they were experiencing and and the call to yes. fear god because the hour of his judgment 1844 is come is, like yeah. le- legit it's, like right mm-hmm. now um Anyways, that, I thought it was cool. And then going into the second angel's message, mm-hmm. like similar experience, right? Like where they say Babylon is fallen, is yes. fallen. We we talked about before when we we're talking about the organization of the church, um, of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Their goal wasn't to come out and organize a separate organization just so they can make money, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but they, they went back and they were trying to preach, even leading up to 1844, they would go back to their church, they were members in other denominations, mm-hmm. and they were preaching that Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, they were preaching the message that they had. And ultimately, especially as 1844 was, the, the dates that they were setting were coming up, the churches grew impatient with these Adventists mm-hmm. who kept talking about the Advent, and a lot of them were kicked out of the churches, mm-hmm. right? And after 1844 transpires and this doctrine is developing amongst themselves and realizing not just that Jesus is coming soon, but the importance of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And you're going to the Methodist church or, you know, your Baptist church, not that these churches are bad in and of themselves necessarily, but that they they were finding that um, the truths that they were trying to present were not being accepted. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as as even though they didn't have an organized Seventh-day Adventist church at the time, it came to be that in your churches, you were not being, the truth was not being accepted, mm, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this call to come out of Babylon, out of, out of spiritual confusion, out mm-hmm. of theological confusion, out of not, not Babylon because you're a bad person, but not following Bible truth as, and following the light as it was being revealed. Mm-hmm. And so the second angel's message starts coming into play in their experience. And, and mm-hmm. that message continues, you know, to this day, including, you know, and, and, and as I said earlier, the third one will become very relevant. It's relevant now, but it will be, you know, practically relevant when, when Revelation 13's events are taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which is described in Revelation 13 a fall in Protestantism, mm-hmm. when Protestant when Protestant churches um, move into uh, into trying to direct the affairs of the government and enact civil laws to enforce their agenda that goes mm-hmm. against Bible truth, 
that is when Babylon is, I mean, is fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the call to come out of Babylon, which is already ongoing now, will yeah. become very strong. And in a final appeal, I think Revelation 18, uh, mentioned, or 17, who mentions that, you know, come out of Babylon, like, it's like God's final appeal, my people, my mm-hmm. people, which is beautiful. Uh, I don't know this, I can't count these things, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are more people in Babylon, God's people, that are going to come out than the people who are already professing, you know, uh, their faith in the fullness of the truth. So it's a beautiful thing to know that God is working through all of this and he's calling his people as time progresses until that final call happens. Yeah. We, we're going to see through the understanding of the third angel's message that the Sabbath plays not a major role, not only in its restoration and its worship, but as you mentioned, Babylon uh, comes is, is a, a geo-sociopolitical religious entity yes. that combines church and state together mm-hmm. to enforce the, the anti-Sabbath, mm-hmm. uh, which they call the mark of the beast, something that goes against the commandments of God. Mm-hmm. And the only one that's really enforceable by by legal precedent a, a legal force is the not keeping of the Sabbath but the observance of another day of worship we see most most prevalent in Protestant and Catholic churches being Sunday and so God's people through this through this turmoil and through this mm-hmm. you know global mechanism of, of global Babylon they'll have to make a choice yeah do I follow the the the, the seventh day Sabbath or do I keep Sunday this sounds like a trivial question, like right. does it really matter which day? But there is a lot of meaning attached behind it all. The, yes. the way I like to, to talk about that is, and again, I mentioned this I think in our, in our previous study on, mm-hmm. on the Freedom's Dimensions, but it's, it's like an iceberg where the tip of the iceberg is what you see, but 90% of the rest of the ice is actually not visible. Mm-hmm. And so Sabbath and Sunday will become like tip of the iceberg representing a mindset and an attitude uh, that is prevalent in that person's character or in, you know, in that institution. So uh, if Sabbath keeping is a sign, we've talked about this many times, it's a sign um, of, of faithfulness to God's word, to God and God's faithfulness to me. Mm-hmm. And that is visible in my Sabbath keeping. But if I only keep Sabbath because, oh, you know, in the end times, that's the issue. No, 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 that's not why you keep Sabbath. You keep, you keep Sabbath because you have a relationship with Jesus, right? Every week, the Sabbath is a celebration of God's faithfulness throughout the week. Uh, and and so this this it becomes a sign in the end of a relationship that has been ongoing, while Sunday becomes a mark, a sign of of yes maybe religious activity, but not a religious activity based on on faithfulness to God's word, and uh, and so that that's why it is just a. It sounds trivial, but it is just the mm-hmm. tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Right, so and, and and to your point is uh, that this hasn't happened yet. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, we are we are in ex- gearing up expecting to this yeah. to happen. Yes, uh, revealed by the writings of Ellen White, which we go in a previous mm-hmm. uh, episode. Reveal it was, it was a gift of prophecy given to the Adventist Church. Yeah. This is probably one of uh, of all the things that the Adventist Church has to offer to the world. Some are very accepted, like the gift of of health message. Uh, others that are needed, like family message or whatnot. But then there's others that this this understanding of of Sunday persecution, Sunday observance, Sabbath observance, probably the thing that may be the most pertinent, but the most questionable, mm-hmm. yeah. because it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Well, Correct. I think I think it used to be that, and I think there's beginning to be even now 
transition towards acceptance of this. You know, I think 10 years ago, 15 years ago in the United States, you would think this is a ridiculous uh, story. Mm-hmm. How in the world is America, a Christian country, going to ever persecute, you know, uh, other people and, mm-hmm. and, and, and enact these laws that are going to force people to worship on Sunday and take away freedom? This is something that people would, especially Americans living in this country, would think, this is a ridiculous thing, mm-hmm. but now you can see more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, freedom is being is being taken away. Freedom is at risk. Freedom is on. You know, it's on a, a, a life support. Mm. And um, and I think people can more clearly see now than ever before that this is a very doable in, thing. You know, just in the last ten years, mm-hmm. with Jonathan just squeeze. I, I just observed that. No, the observation is that. Uh, when it, when, the more globalized we are, yes. that the world is willing to give up its liberties for the mm. sake of security. Yeah, mm. security mm. In, in in an era of fa- a fear of anxiety of global terrorism of of what whatever yeah. junk whatever, liberty is is not valued anymore as it is security. People yeah. are willing to just I need my Wi-Fi, I need my security, and give me yeah. my food, and that's you can take everything else. Yeah, and, and and the Bible talks about this that in the end they will say peace, peace and. Security, you know, these these are the things that people are, are are longing for. I was just going to mention as well. You said, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, we would have never thought. Um, if you look into the religious world uh, within the Protestant world, there is, especially in the U.S., strong movements towards. Inf- I mean, it's already happening, influencing uh, political agendas and trying to to work through political figures to enforce their personal convictions, you know, of, of whatever mm-hmm. religious organization they represent. So through lobbying and, and through other uh, ways, this is taking place. The preaching of politics within the pulpit is very, very normal yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. So you see those dynamics. Uh, on the other hand, you see dynamics um, in, uh, I mean, even in Europe to, to uh, even to uplift, you know, Sunday as a day of worship. Uh, you know, there are Sunday laws already mm-hmm. existent. I mean, I grew up in it. I never even realized that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sunday, no one works. It's a day off, right? Mm-hmm. But this will become, these elements are here. It's 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 becoming more and more. And the, the pressures of the last days will be will will get these things to yeah. fruition in the very end. Mm-hmm. And I think something that, something that we need to kind of understand, which has been hard for me to understand, especially growing up, was number one, when we talk about revelation and we talk about beasts and the mark of the beast, and it kind of makes it seem as though it's so... Uh, so aggressive and so mm-hmm. negative negative right but essentially they're mascots you know it's just that's the way <laughs> people talked about you know right. animals back then they're animals yeah but we we're like all right the go beast. lions yeah. go bears go dinosaurs yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. yeah we're you know go weird beast right and so i think so th- there's there's this kind of like very very heavy you know uh uh portrayal of these uh animals in scripture right that that human imaginations draw up in the end, what is happening is that human beings are doing their best to make sense mm-hmm. of society that is spiraling downward in so many different ways. Like mm. morally, we were, we are declining. Like you know the the uh, the climate and all these different things, it's declining. I mean, we we're losing control mm-hmm. of ourselves. Mm. And the whole point is that human wisdom is never going to be enough to solve these yeah. uh, these global problems. And in efforts to do this, mm-hmm. these solutions will make sense, even though we feel yeah. you know you're reading it's like this is so dumb. It would never make sense to do this. But it, it you can start seeing now how it does make sense yes. in yeah. order. So 
kind of random. Yeah. In order to protect myself, you know, from a bomber on an airplane, I, you know, I'm not going to carry my water bottle. For, you know, all of these different things we start we start giving up in an effort to to make sense of the problems in this yeah. world. And so as a result of this, little by little, we set things up. We go down an unavoidable yes. road towards destruction, which as scary as that sounds, and it was scary for me growing up, the reason why prophecy is critical is because it shows us that in the end there is guaranteed victory mm-hmm. in Jesus yes. Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so important that we understand that, you know, we love to talk about Jesus and we've got to preach Jesus. This is part of that message. Well, I was you, going to mention like this, mm-hmm. the three angels' messages is bookended by two important mm-hmm. components. Yes. Verse 6, uh, if we can go to chapter 14, verse 6. I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel mm-hmm. to preach to those who dwell on the earth. And this is this is the preamble to the three angels' messages. Mm. Uh, this is the gospel message has to be a component to the three angels' messages. Yeah. If we're just going to talk about America and Babylon and and the liberties, we can easily uh, lose focus, die, d- yeah, d- d- yeah. yeah d- degrade the the integrity of the gospel message. Yeah, totally. And then the other side of the bookend is verse. 12. 12, yeah. uh, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the mm. faith of Jesus. And so there is an endurance component that mm-hmm. we need to endure through, get through it. And what helps mm-hmm. us is this the commandment keepingness and the, the faith of Jesus. These are what characterizes the 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 endurance of, of God's people. I think we, we have to keep in mind that as all these revelations, the descriptions are the descriptions of evil things, okay? And so that's why it can feel very heavy. Uh, but that does not mean we cannot project those feelings upon Jesus. Jesus is trying to save us out of this. Mm-hmm. And so he is, I mean, if you are trying to save your child running, you know, towards a cliff, you will be get, you will get loud. You will shout. You know, you will do whatever mm-hmm. you can to stop this from happening. And so that's what Jesus is doing. He's jumping and he's he has the CPR, you know, yeah. the electrical shock there, and he's like, you know, wake up. Yeah, it's, it's a great I'm analogy, trying to help. Uh, uh, Jonathan. It's like saying, like, if someone comes into ER and there's this doctor who's just like pounding on the chest of this patient, yeah. and you're like, you know, that doctor's a little intense. Yeah. <laughs> Why the doctor just need to be a less little emo and just calm down a bit yeah, and just yeah, yeah. can he just be the loving, gentle Well, no. The the, the context <laughs> dictates what that love is expressed yes. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of this is the last message of God mm-hmm. uh, to a dying planet, I mean he's gonna get quite quite he has to. Uh, furious, not in terms of anger, but of love. I, I think mm-hmm. is 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 is, is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Vocal, yeah. Yeah. I think it's I, I think it's also neat um, that in verse six, where he talks about another angel flying in the midst of heaven, and we understand that to be um, that the angel is a messenger of mm. God. So that angel represents um, the people who are carrying this message. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also an angel flying. Is it, represents, it talks about swiftness, mm. like the swiftness with which the gospel is going to be preached, mm. you know, at the end of time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so neat, like looking at the world that we are in right now and all of the technology that makes it possible for us to carry the gospel mm. forth with swiftness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, before maybe you'd be like, okay, an angel flying, like, okay, does that mean like the printed press, you know, how long it takes for a paper to go from here to like Africa. It's the Street. Yeah, it's Street. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, now what we have available to us, yeah. I mean. Yeah, 
this is who we are. We are the three angels. We are the three angels' messages going out to the whole world. That's what we should be, I should say. Mm. If we distill it, it is the first angel's message is all about worship. Second angel is all about truth. Third angel, it is all about choice and it is about Jesus that helps us get the last push out into the world. And my prayer is I want to be part of the Three Angels Messages movement. I want to be part of chapter 14. How many of you out there want to be part of chapter 14? Because if you're not part of chapter 14, you're, chapter, you're part of chapter 13. And if you don't know what chapter 13, you want to read it because you don't want to be part of that. That's our prayer for all of you out there. It's the prayer for us. Uh, and as we push forth the Three Angels Messages, let us be more fervent in our love and in devotion and service to Jesus Christ. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is inverse.